Welcome to The Art of Hunting, a podcast that explores the world of wildlife art through the eyes of one of the industry's most talented creators, Ryan Kirby. So whether you're a fellow artist, designer, hunter, or simply someone who appreciates the beauty of the natural world, join us on The Art of Hunting with Ryan Kirby and discover the passion and dedication that drives him. Hey everybody, welcome to the Art of Hunting podcast. We've got a special episode today uh, with myself, <laughs> and uh, we're going to do a solo episode on career advice for artists. Um, I am by no means at the pinnacle of my career, and I am one of those people that's constantly trying to learn and grow and improve myself, but I have been self-employed for about 12 years now. Um, I've learned a few things along the way, and we thought we'd do a podcast video episode combo that talks about that, where I would just sit down and candidly talk about some of the things that I've learned along the way, what has helped me, and what I could potentially say that could help other artists. Um, you know, one of the things that is funny about having an art career is that most jokes about your career in with, would you like fries with that? Uh, artists are not known for being crazy financially successful. Um, you know, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of, uh, stereotypes and, uh, and, and things that people say about artists and a lot of them are true. Um, but, uh, you can do it well. You can do it successfully. Um, you know, there are musicians that they may they may play local gigs at the local dive bar their whole life and never make it. There's also musicians that are massively successful. Um, and so it, we live in a day and age where any career you want to do, you can be successful at it. Um, you can be a, a hit plumber if you wanted to, where typically that used to be you know, a, a blue collar job. You can be a celebrity plumber now if you want to. Uh, the technology and the platforms like YouTube that we have now, um, they can allow you to do that. And so it is possible, you know, no matter what you want to do, it's possible. So I thought we'd sit down and talk about some of the things that I have learned along the way. And the first one is that you have to start. <clears throat> I, I get hit up. We just came off the Southeastern Wildlife Expo and everybody there is doing it for a career, everybody in the show. But I had multiple people come up that uh, they may have just retired from a, an office job and they love to paint and they want to start. Um, they may be a younger artist that's trying to get into it. Um, they may have a part-time job in addition to painting. And uh, I, I've done all of those things. So the the path to getting into full-time art um, is different for everybody, but the number one thing you have to do is start. If and and this is something that can apply to any career these days too. If you want to be in finance, you need to start learning about finance. You need to intern for free for other companies. You need to you need to get your feet wet. Um, the, the cool thing about where we live now in this day and age is that there are no gatekeepers. So back in the, you know, sixties, seventies, eighties, and especially even before that, there were certain gatekeepers to industries. Um, as an artist that could be a gallery or an agent where until you got good enough and impressed them enough or signed with them, you were just kind of stuck 
in, in, in your cave and you couldn't get out of it. Same thing with musicians. Um, you know, you used to have to get a deal from the record label if you were going to do it. Um, all kinds of these industries, there were gatekeepers that you had to get through to break through. But now technology has done all that stuff away. There's celebrity musicians that started on TikTok. Um, I don't know, like, uh, I feel like Justin Bieber was one of them. There's there's a bunch of, of, of pop stars that started just on social media. And they got their big break because they just started and they put a camera on themselves and, and started, you know, broadcasting themselves to the world. And you can do that these days. You, you don't have to wait on, on someone to uh, approve your work or sign off on you to start your career. You can start now. And, and some of the best ways to do that are to start and, and even document it as you go, because you're going to improve, you're going to get better and people want to see that process. Uh, people don't always want to see a, a, a crazy, polished, perfect, flawless piece. We like seeing the the work in progress, the things that didn't work, the trial and error. And that's one great thing that that we're in um, in this day and age is that you can start right now. You don't have to wait on anybody. Most of the time, if people haven't started, it's because they're scared or they're waiting on themselves. And you got to give your permission, yourself permission to go, and just and not worry about the results. <clears throat> when when Kim and I were first dating, um, I was painting in a spare bedroom in my house, and you know I, I think I took the light fixture out and put a ballast in with daylight bulbs, uh, just a flimsy little easel. Um, I mean, I, I had the bare bones uh, to work with. And eventually, I had a full-time job then, and I was painting, you know, nights and weekends when I had free time. And then eventually, I started to upgrade some of my equipment, which we'll get into later. But I I did this one deer, and I'd, I'd gone, I deer hunted with a buddy in LBL, Land Between the Lakes in Kentucky. <clears throat> and I saw a scene that I thought would paint really well as I was walking out of the woods one day. And I decided to paint a bedded buck in this scene. It was a blowdown. LBO had had a bunch of storms come through that year, and there was a bunch of blowdowns, and I thought it'd be real cool to have a buck in on this hardwood ridge better than a blowdown, and it was not good. Um, at this point, I had been out of painting for a few years when I went to college and first started my own, started my career as a designer, and this was my first attempt back into it, and I was so rusty. I just... It was not, it was not great. And I distinctly remember a voice in my head multiple times in that painting saying, man, just quit. What are you doing? You're wasting your time. I mean, you, you work a full 40 hours a week and this is your free time. Why are you spending it this way? This is a waste. This is pointless. This is stupid. And I remember myself I had to give myself kind of a pep talk, like mid-painting, of I'm going to finish this. Good, bad, ugly, whatever it turns out to be, I'm going to finish this. And finishing was a, a victory in and of itself at that time for me. Not giving up on a painting was a win for me. And you know, now I get to a point where I've got to finish a painting a week or two paintings in a week for a show 
And and that's the win now. But at that point, finishing a painting, a 20 by 30 painting on a canvas was a win at that point in, in my journey. And I I look at back at that and it is a it's a pivotal moment for me because it was me telling myself I'm not gonna give up, I'm not gonna quit. It's it's the equivalent of somebody who just hasn't worked out in years. They've letting themselves go, and they're going to try to get back in the gym. So much of the time, just showing up to do it is the win, and it gets easy after that. Um, showing up and making yourself start the workout, making yourself finish the workout. You may not do great. You know, might not perform up to what you think you want, but showing up and starting is the biggest part. And in this day and age, there's no excuse and no reason not to. So that's my first piece of advice is just to start. The, uh, the second part is I, I, uh, I listened to a sermon by a pastor named Andy Stanley one time. He's a great, great communicator. I think the name of the church is Buckhead Church at this point in time. They've changed a lot. And it's been... It's been 15 years since I heard this one, but uh, he had a sermon series. If we can find it, we'll link it in the YouTube video. It's called Breathing Room, and it really, really changed my life. It was like a four-part series, and one of the things that he talked about is is your time and and how we let things fill up our time and our schedules. And he made a point that I, I I thought was just remarkable, and it changed my life at that point, and it has literally been a constant in my life ever since. But he said that when it comes to your time, the most important things in life are worth doing in smaller increments every single day. The time wasters are the ones that are not worth doing every single day. So let me say that again. The most important things in life are worth doing every single day in smaller increments. So say you say you um, want to work out, okay? Um, you can't go for years neglecting your body and your health and then decide that you want to make up for all that lost time and you're going to work out for 17 hours straight. You can't do that. It doesn't work. You're not going to get the benefits. You're going to hurt yourself. Um you can't neglect, you know, family dinners, working late at the office for a month and then decide, okay, family, this weekend we're going to make up for that time. We're going to hit every single restaurant in this county consecutively to make up for that lost time. You, you can't make up for that lost time. Um, in, investing money. You can't not save for retirement for 20 years and then take – $200,000 to an investment guy and say, hey, I need you to make up for all the time that I wasn't investing because I got to retire next year. You, you can't do that. So, and it's the same way with building any skill. It's the same way with any relationship. It's the same way with, with anything. And it's crazy because it that, that principle only pl- applies to the important things in life. Um, your, your family, your health, your faith, your career, um, investing, uh, any kind of maintenance, the, the important things in life you have to do every single day. And 
you're better off doing them for five to 10 minutes a day, every single day, than not doing them at all and then trying to make up for that time later on down the road. You know, you're better off spending 20 minutes a day with your kid than not seeing them for four months and then trying to make up for that time. Now, I totally realize that, like, you know, there's some armed forces people that are that are serving the country overseas, and that's not possible. That's a tough deal. And obviously, we thank for them for their service and their sacrifice. There's, um, you know, professional athletes and coaches that can't always do that kind of stuff. Um, but the the fundamental principle stays the same. So the way I've applied that to art is I, I've done things like my Sketch Daily series that I did for a long time, where it didn't matter what I had going on that day. I was going to sketch something. It could be a bullfrog. It could be a turkey feather. It could be a, a study of an eyeball, or it could be a, a, an entire full-body bugling elk, um, where I try to draw something every single day just to stay sharp, because I know that if I don't do it over a year, I'm going to get rusty and I'm going to lose that skill. And and again, drawing for 10 minutes a day, every single day is way better than neglecting that skill and then trying to make up for it later on down the road. So that that would be my second point. So number one is just start. Number two is that you need to do the important work in small daily increments and not neglect it and then try to overcompensate or make up for that down the road. So you've got to be diligent. The third one is something that I've talked a lot about to um, business students. Uh, you know, I spoke at the Citadel, and I've spoken a couple times at App State to their entrepreneur classes. And this is a another one of those artistic principles that applies to life and and all kinds of careers and business overall. And that is creativity thrives within constraints. So um, if I'm trying to do a canvas, like a large, large canvas or, a you know, a, a 20 by 30, 24 by 36, typically I'm trying to tell a larger story on a small canvas. So, for example, when my back is against a tree in the turkey woods, I can see the whole scene. I can see the whole setting. Without even moving my head, I can see 180 degrees. And I can see the sunrise. I can see the mountains. I can see a distant pasture. I can see the oak flat in front of me. Um, Hopefully there's turkeys in the scene. But you can see a very large scene in front of you. What, but when it comes to that canvas, I can only paint like a 18 by 24, 20 by 30 inch canvas. So how do you tell a larger story on a smaller canvas? That is where creativity comes in. There are certain uh, clues in the foreground or the background or types of terrain or trees that I choose uh, to tell a larger story. So, for example, if I want to tell the the story of a large mountain elk scene, I've got to there has to be a slope in there, and just cropping in on that slope can help the viewer fill in themselves that this is the base of a large mountain. Um, showing distant mountains can add perspective and atmosphere. Uh, showing warm, glowing sunlight will tell you that this is a morning or an evening. I don't have to show you the sun. 
I can I can focus on the light that'll help tell the story of a sunrise, if you get my point. So if I want to tell the story of a sunrise, but I can't fit that on my canvas, I have to get creative in how I render the subject matter and the light choices that I use can tell you that this is a sunrise. And we've all seen this before. You look at a turkey, a turkey painting, and you can tell by the way the light hits it that this is a sunrise pick. The the way that the the feathers are glistening and 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 the different colors. I don't have to paint the sun in there for you to see that. That is where you have to get creative as an artist. You can't say everything. So what are the two or three most important things that I have to say to to pull this off? And that's where you have to get creative. Now, this can apply to your canvas. It can apply to your finances. You know, when I speak at the the college of business uh, to the, especially to the entrepreneurial kids, you know, they all think that man, if I just had $100,000 to start up or if I could just get The Rock to share my product on Instagram, um, we'd, we'd, we'd take off. And that's literally the type of things that, that these, these kids think. And I'll look at them and say, like, guys, you haven't worked out the kinks in your product yet. Like, the worst thing that could happen for you is someone give you $100,000 or The Rock share your product online. Because... You haven't worked out the kinks yet, and you're going to get 85,000 orders this weekend, and you have no fulfillment, you have no shipping, you have no, you got kinks in your product. Like everybody tends to think that uh, the key to their success is somewhere out there. It's somewhere, if I could just get this, if I could just have that. And the truth is, you have to operate with what's right in front of you. Uh, taking the next step is the most important step, okay? And if you don't have money, that's when you have to get creative, okay? If you don't have shipping or distribution, that's when you have to get creative. Um, I'm going to show my age here a little bit, but uh, MacGyver was a show on TV for a while where the guy is always put in like impossible situations and he has to, you know, make a pistol out of a, you know, roll a duct tape and uh, a paperclip, <laughs> you know, he's always got to get himself out of these situations. And the same thing with these, um, uh, these uh, houses that you go to, I can't remember what they're called, but they're like, uh, you, you get put in a room and you have to figure out your way out of the situation. Um, that That's what we're talking about here. When When you only have a few things available to you, that's when you have to get creative, and that's where your biggest breakthroughs are always going to be. If you don't have money, you got to figure out how to get that. Um, and a lot of times, not having the resources that you want at the time is the best thing that could happen to you because you have to figure out how to get scrappy, how to run lean and mean. You have to figure out how to get your product to work or who's your target market. And then when you have the the money or the resources, that's when you pour that back in to pushing forward on that product. But having unlimited resources right out of the gate is probably the worst thing that can happen to you because you're going to waste all of it. So creativity thrives within constraints, okay? Um, this can also apply to your supplies and your space as an artist, uh, you know, most of us, when we start out, we, you, you can't afford the, the good stuff. Um, 
you know, I remember when I first started out, I was buying, you know, leftover canvases at Hobby Lobby or something like that and and just buying the the kits of brushes together um and then the the student grade oil paint because that's all I could afford. But the crazy thing about it is you you, you almost have to start there because if you can't paint with crappy paint brushes and you know, average student grade paint, then you can't immediately go to the great stuff and be a great artist. Um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Nike tapped into that with uh, want to be like Mike, MJ. And I always make a lot of sports analogies, but if you can't play basketball in leftover Reeboks, I can't put a pair of Air Jordans on you and magically you're a great basketball player. You have to learn to paint. You have to learn to play basketball with what you got. And then later you upgrade all that stuff. Same thing applies to anything in life, whether it's artists, whether you're an artist, you're a videographer, you're a photographer. If you can't take a a good picture, you know, compositionally, subject matter, all that with a, a, a subpar camera, I can't give you the best camera in the world. And all of a sudden you're a great photographer. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, most artists start painting in a spare bedroom. A lot of artists never leave that. There's no reason to. If 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 that's what you got and that's what works for you, um, that's where you got to stay. Uh, but a lot of people have a dream studio and they think that I'll be a great artist when I get my dream studio. I'll be a great uh, artist when I get my big break. I'll do this some point down the road. And the reality is you got to do it now. And those constraints are actually what's going to push your creativity forward and you'll be more thankful for it later. So number three is creativity thrives within constraints. Number four and uh, the final point is that something I stole from Jocko Willink is discipline equals freedom. And again, this is another artistic principle that applies to anything in life You've got to be disciplined if you're going to do it. Um, any type of craft that you do, whether it's woodworking, uh, art, calling turkeys, uh, ballerina, whatever it is you're going to do, it takes time. And you have to, again, going back to the number two, you've got to do this stuff consistently over a long period of time. Um, Malcolm Gladwell made famous the 10,000-hour rule where it takes 10,000 hours for someone to uh, become a a master at their craft. And, you know, whether you agree with that or not, it doesn't really matter. Uh, 10,000 hours, you're going to be better than when you started. So whether whether there is a, a, a point in time where you're a master or it's an ever-evolving, changing process throughout your life, you have to put in the work. And the only way that you're going to find time to put in the work is discipline. Um, you know, I, I read an audio book. I can't even remember the title of it now. But um, they said that professionals show up and do the work every single day. And amateurs show up and do it when it feels right or when they're inspired or when they're comfortable. And so if you are a professional, you got to show up every single day, whether or not you feel like it and you got to put in the work, um, you know, professional athletes doesn't matter if, if how they feel that day, if it's game day, they've got to rise up, they got to suit up, they got to pad up and, and perform on the field. 
And that doesn't change for a, a creative career. Uh, there are going to be times and seasons, sometimes years, where you just don't feel all that creative, but you've got to push through and um, and find that that spark. And most of the time, when you sit down and you relax and you decide, I'm going to do this for the afternoon, a lot of times the creativity comes. Again, it's like going to the gym. A lot of times just walking in the doors of the gym is all it needs, all you need. You get those first few reps in, you start loosening up, and then you feel great after that. And you're glad you did it afterwards. Um, my buddy Eddie Nickens has a hilarious story. Um, everybody tells him, everybody asks him, how do you find your inspiration? And Eddie writes like really high-end editorial pieces for like Garden and Gun, um, it's it's not a bunch of how-to stuff. It, it's things that take some some thought, some craft, some inspiration, some you know wordsmithing. Um, and everybody asks him, how, "How do you get your inspiration?" And Eddie, well, we're gonna have him on the podcast, and he'll tell you. He's like, "I've got this. I've got a magic inspiration box." And people are like, "Really? You have an inspiration box?" He's like, "Yeah." I walk out there every single day. And my inspiration box is at the end of my driveway. And every day I open it up and I look inside and I pull it out and I pull out bills from Wells Fargo, the mortgage company, the power company, and an auto loan. And that's my inspiration box to turn around and go back inside and get my butt to work. And as, you know, as we as we all grow up, you're going to have families, you're going to have obligations, you're going to have all these things pulling at you. And if you're going to make it as a professional artist or really a professional in any career where you're working for yourself, you've got to have the discipline to do it. You've got to um, have sort of a blue collar work pail mentality, lunch pail mentality, where I'm going to go in, I'm going to clock in, I'm going to bring my lunch with me, and I'm going to stay till the job's done, and then I'm going to go home. And you just cannot, you can't allow your feelings to get in the way. Um, and that's kind of a weird thing because as artists, you know, a lot of times we go kind of woo-woo and um, we, we, we enjoy what we do. We, we, we can kind of feel the emotion in it. You know, as an artist, one of the things I've got to do is try to convey emotion, um, uh, convey something beautiful in an image, something inspiring, something that entertains and educates people and something that's aesthetically pleasing. And there's a lot of, there's kind of soul that goes into it. There's a lot of um, internal emotion. There's a lot of old memories from years in the woods that come into play when you're creating that thing. And it's a very... It's a very personal thing. So it's tough sometimes if you don't feel inspired to work, but you've got to do it. And I always go back when I don't feel it. Um, I always go back to that bedded buck where I made myself finish a painting. And that's probably one of the worst paintings I've ever done and probably one of the most important moments in my career um, that, that, that that's ever happened. So Discipline equals freedom. You've got to have the discipline to show up and do it. Um, another thing is, um, you know, it, you're in it for the long haul. So this kind of little bonus point here I didn't have written down. Um, but you've got to be in it for the long haul, which means you need to, 
you need to accept the fact that it's going to be hard at times. Um, you know, I, I deal with things now 12 years in that I didn't have to deal with a few years ago. You know, you have, you have things like annual budgets and marketing budgets and things like that, that I didn't have to deal with when it was just me in my own studio. Um, we've had Chinese copyright infringements and scams and fraud and people stealing my work and this and that and the other. And you just, you have challenges that you have to deal with that you never anticipate having to do. I would have never thought that the things that I have to deal with now, I would have dealt with five years ago. But your hope and your plan is that by the time you get to those challenges, you're strong enough and educated enough and you've improved enough that you can handle those things when they come. And so you've got to understand that it's going to get harder. It's it's going to get more challenging and you have to continually level up. Um, life is just a series of challenges. It's not going to get all that much easier. And what you have to do is be able to get stronger uh, to handle those things. Um, the other thing is that I've learned over the years is that I have to pace myself. You know, I'm, I'm 41 now and I don't pull all nighters anymore. <laughs> you know, I, can, I can remember uh, Boys Night Out is a piece that I painted and ended up selling it to Hank Williams Jr.'s wife for their anniversary present. And I remember I stayed up all night and went to work the next day on zero sleep, an all-nighter. And I can't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, it's just not, it's not, it's not happening. And so if you're really going to do this over the long haul, you've got to realize you've got to pace yourself a little bit. Um, and I've personally learned that I can only paint for about six, maybe seven hours and then I'm going through the motions after that because when I paint, it's pretty intense, focused, creative work. I'm not I'm not slopping around paint everywhere. I'm not all loosey-goosey. Like, I'm really trying to focus. And you can't do that for 10, 12, 14 hours a day. At least I can't. Um, my work starts to drop off. So part of me understanding that I'm in this for the long haul is that I'm going to work diligently Monday through Friday and then pull a Saturday morning, maybe an all-day Saturday, if I have to. But again, I'm going to do my work. I'm going to paint. I'm going to see my kids in the evening. I'm going to have a little bit more rhythm and a balance to my life, knowing that this is a marathon, not a sprint. And if I pull two all-nighters in a row, yeah, I might cover more canvas with paint, but the work's not going to be as good. And then there's going to be a hangover after that um, that might affect other areas of, of my life, my family life, my business. So you got to be in it for the long haul. And if you're in it for the long haul, you tend to approach things differently. Not only do you pace yourself differently, but you deal with challenges in a different way. You realize that this is a... a, a this is not a, a, a an ending point. This is just a speed bump and a road that's going to keep going on. And you you don't get worked up over little things as much because you know that this is, we're looking at this in light of like a 30, 40 year career, not just you know one year. And so we've had good years, we've had bad years, we've had challenges, but a lot of times just enduring is is the win. Um, I see a lot of a lot of people, um, athletes, especially, um, 
some artists, but it's like if they don't get success within a year or two, they just fall off and, you know, just go away. You've got to approach this as a, as, as a long journey and, um, you're going to deal with some hard years. You're going to take some knocks, um, but you just keep going. And, and that is where the success truly lies. So, um, to sort of summarize this one, uh, number one, you got to start. There are no gatekeepers in the world today. If you want to do it and you want to become successful, the only person that's holding you back is yourself. So you got to start. It's not going to be pretty at first. It never is. You're a unicorn if you can produce great work right out of the gate. It's not common. Everybody struggles. Everybody does garbage work to start with, but you got to start to improve. Uh, second one is small daily increments. Anything worth doing is worth doing every day, even if it's in a small increment. Creativity thrives within constraints. You've got to accept those constraints and embrace those things and get creative within that. And then once you do have more resources, more time, more money, more whatever, then you've already set those creative wheels in motion so you can use that stuff um, to your advantage. Discipline equals freedom. Again, that's from Jocko. Uh, go check him out. But um, being disciplined in your life is how you become free. And discipline now will pay off later on down the road. And then the last thing is you just got to be in it for the long haul. You've got to understand that in any career, if you're going to do this your whole life, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have wins and losses. And you've got to see that in light of it. Um rarely is anything as good or as bad as it seems. Um, you know, my, my, uh, old high school football coach, we, we grew up, um, you know, in the Midwest, just small town football. Almost all of us played both ways. Our quarterback was our middle linebacker. Uh, me and him never left the field. And my football coach, I remember him saying, act like you've been there before. Uh, when you score a touchdown, you go hand the ball to the ref and you get back to the huddle. You don't, you don't, you don't celebrate like it's your first and only touchdown you're ever going to score. You act like you've been there before. And that has been a pretty profound thing in my life is that win or lose, we're going to, we're going to keep going. So we're not going to crazy celebrate when we win. We're not going to go crazy low down in the dumps when we lose because there's always tomorrow and we're going to keep chugging along. So act like you've been there before. Um, but anyway, again, I'm not by any means at the, uh, top of my career. I got a long ways to go, but I have learned a few things the hard way. And, uh, hopefully this podcast gives you a little bit of inspiration or, um, a little bit of, uh, encouragement, um, if you're in a low spot or if you're in a high spot. So keep going and hope you guys, um, can apply this to whatever area you're in, whether you're an artist or not. Um, but thank you guys for watching and listening again, check out ryankirby.com for more of my work. Um, thanks for listening to the art of hunting podcast and have a great week.